Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 77 of UAB Green and Told, original debut August 1st, 2022. Through our podcast, we have the chance to share stories from members of the UAB community. Want to listen to past episodes? We can be found at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold or on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app. And while there, leave a written review so other alumni can find us as well. I'm Greg Barry, a UAB alum and assistant director in the UAB Office of Alumni Affairs. Dancing is an art as it transmits culture and emotions. Ballet, tap, jazz, and hip-hop, there are many forms of dance. Just ask today's guest, Grace Ann Champion. A former UAB Golden Girl, Grace Ann has been a dancer seemingly forever and will share that there is more to dance than meets the eye. I've had two knee surgeries. I've torn my medial meniscus in my right knee twice. Um, one of them was at UAB. But now Grace Ann has taken her life from the dance floor into the boardroom and is working as a financial auditor. It's not for everyone. A lot of people people hear my job and they would rather hit the snooze button and stay in bed, but I really enjoy it. Plus, she'll share her passion for giving back and the reason behind establishing her own nonprofit, Grace Ann's Two Cents. Everything affects money and money affects everything. Um, and so it's really important that, you know, when as people are having more conversations and realizing that it does need to be put, that financial education is a huge part of our lives. Growing up, Grace Ann Champion's family moved from New Jersey to Illinois, Ohio, and Florida. In each city, she discovered she was good at finding new places and new friends, and a lot of that can be traced to dance. She picked up dance as a third grader and never looked back. That's where her UAB story begins. One of the first things that we always did was get plugged into wherever we moved. You know, whether it was a club at school, our local church, or um, for me, it was dance. For a little bit, it was soccer, gymnastics. So um, that was definitely a really helpful tool. When it comes to dancing, you have to have a favorite style, right? I'm a ballerina at heart. Um, I have the the long torso and every and long legs for ballet, um, and I took it growing up. Um, so that will always be my my first love. As a kid, and you were learning the dances. How much did you have to know? Because there's a lot that go into them, plus all the different styles. So, what does that encompass? Um, it's a lot of just remembering, knowing how you learn best. Um, I'm a very kinesthetic learner, so I learn by doing. It's a reason that I love dancing. And so it's a lot of, you know, knowing how you learn best, um, whether that's just watching somebody, whether it's listening to the music, whether it's actually doing it yourself in your body. Um, so it really depends on the person. As a ballerina, when you were eight, nine, 10 years old, you probably wanted to grow up to be a dancer. Is that correct? Absolutely. When I was younger, it was be a ballerina at the New York City Ballet or, you know, go to Joffrey Ballet School or something like that. But, you know, dance is a very uh, interesting industry that, you know, if you want to be a professional dancer, you have to start training very rigorously, very young. Um, and so I kind of dissuaded myself from that a little bit and just realized, you know, I can keep it as a hobby. I can keep doing it as something I love into adulthood without making it my career. So exactly what was your progression in dance as a youngster? I started uh, dancing just kind of recreationally when I was in the third grade. Um, and then I started competing uh, when I was in the sixth grade. So sixth grade all the way up until I uh, graduated high school was when I was competing. Um, and then I started dancing at UAB. A lot of people probably don't know what goes into it, but there's a lot of aches and pains as a dancer. What do people not know about the sport of dancing? 
dance is not very natural for your body. Um, there's We contort our bodies in a lot of ways that, um, uh, you know, put a lot of weight on things that probably shouldn't bear your entire body weight. So, I mean, I personally, I've had two knee surgeries. I've torn my, uh, my lateral or my, excuse me, my medial meniscus in my right knee twice. Um, one of them was at UAB. So, um, you know, it's definitely something that you have to consider. Um, like any other sport, we had athletic trainers, we got rehab. It's, I mean, a lot of people don't see it as a sport because it is very artistic, but it is very athletic. When time came to start looking at colleges, was dance always a factor in the search? Absolutely. I mean, that was how I made my first friends at UAB was dance team practices started in the summer before my freshman year. And those were the first friends that I made. Um, and so I always knew that I wanted to find some sort of dance outlet, whether it was you know some, like a club or um, if it was for a, a team at UAB, I, I wanted to continue it. So why UAB? I actually wasn't planning on UAB at all. Uh, my entire family is huge Auburn fans. So um, you know, aunts, uncles, grandparents, cousins, you name it, they went to Auburn. So I was dead set on going to Auburn and I got in and everything. And my parents were like, are you sure you don't want to tour anywhere else? Like UAB. And I was like, okay, fine, sure. I'll tour it. And I toured it and I fell in love with it. Um, I got a lot of scholarship money from UAB. Um, I loved the, I loved Birmingham as a city and I loved how UAB was just a little pocket of that. You know, that's really kind of how I made my decision. Between Auburn and UAB, they're two totally different experiences. One's down on the plane, away from everything. The other is in the heart of an urban community. Was the draw to UAB to be a part of something that was thriving and growing and just in that heart of a community? Absolutely. I mean, I come from a small town in Florida, so I love being in the city. I love being where things are happening. Um, and I love that UAB really blended into Birmingham. Um, you know, people were working throughout Birmingham while going to school. Um, the business school did a lot of work in this community. So um, I really loved being in the middle of where things were happening. You mentioned that you did the tryouts for the dance team over the summer. Actually, mm -hmm. I think you said you were participating. So you did the tryouts for the dance team before you actually mm -hmm. arrived at UAB. What was that process like? How difficult, how challenging was it? It was a lot. It's two days. It's pretty much two days long. Um, you have to do a lot. You learn the fight song, you learn cheers, you learn different sidelines. I mean, you really have to show that your field and court ready. Um, you know, we have to be at appearances, at football games, basketball games, volleyball games, you name it, we've probably been there, parades. It was really, really hard, um, but it was also super fun because you got to get a little bit of the glimpse of what it was like. Um, there were a lot of great women trying out and it was a really fun process. When I had Cody Sellers, the spirit team coach on the podcast a while back, he said that once you hear the first few notes of a song, you have to leap into the action. That can't be easy. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy thing. So you have to react within just moments. Is that correct? You hear the first two notes of fight song and you have to know exactly what you're doing. You have to know what where you're supposed to be in relation to everybody else. Um, I mean, even as, like with game day, with cheers, with with music, you know, us and the cheer team, we have that, you always have to be on, whether it's a song playing over the loudspeaker, we have to come up with the sideline dance. You have to watch who you're, who, what dance they're calling out. You have to listen for the cheer. If you hear the crowd cheering something, you need to go along with it. Um, you have to pay attention to the game as well. You know, if we're on defense, we can't have an offense cheer and the other way around. Um, you have to know how much time is on the clock. You know, there's so many moving parts 
Um, so that four hours goes by very quickly. <laughs> How often were you practicing? Because you're doing competition and game days. There's more to it than what's forward facing to the fans. For Golden Girls, we worked, we had workouts twice a week and we practiced three times a week on top of all of the games and appearances we went to. So we had 6 a.m. workouts. We were in the Bell Building at six, bright and early at 6 a.m. working out. And then we had uh, three different practices a week gearing up to competing for nationals. There were a lot more. Um, but again, that's on top of uh, football games, basketball games, volleyball games, going out into the community, um, and our schoolwork because we were all full-time college students. <laughs> I was going to bring that up because you had to balance things. Not only are you an athlete, but you're at UAB to get an education. And for you, that was in the Collat School of Business looking for a degree in accounting. So how did you balance the two worlds? It was a lot of time management, but you know, it was a lot of studying in the locker room. Um, it was a lot of time management, studying right up until you have to start going to practice, R listening. I've heard people listen to lectures while we were running or like doing our, our runs pre-practice. Pre so it was a lot of time management. That's how I learned a lot of my time management skills. And you did well. You really performed well in the classroom with a 3.9 cumulative GPA at UAB. Did you ever think about giving up dance? Um, not really. I think that, you know, and the athletic department just in general made sure that academics came first, um, that we were student athletes and not just athletes that happened to go to school. Um, so, you know, I spent a lot of hours in the in the athletics study lab, um, clocked a lot of hours in there. I, you know, made sure that my academics came first. And I think that our coaches and, and athletic leadership made that very, very clear to us. What was the most difficult class you had at UAB? Oh, um, I would have to say that was when I was in my uh, master's degree and it was a class, it was an information systems class. Um, I know nothing about technology or computers and it was all about data warehouses and it was rough. <laughs> I barely squeaked by. <laughs> but still you wound up with two degrees. You got a bachelor's in accounting and then your master of accounting. So why was that your career path? Um, I kind of stumbled into it. So I had the opportunity to go to, um, it's called the Collegiate High School of Northwest Florida State College. My sophomore year of high school, I was thrown into a fully dual enrolled program. Um, so I was a full-time high school student. I was a full-time college student. And one of the parts of that was we had to meet with a college academic advisor and we had to declare our plan of study. We had to declare a major. And I've always been very, very math minded. I'm very analytical that way. And so I kind of knew my two options were engineering and accounting. Um, so I went and I met with the advisor and that's kind of the options they gave me. And they were like, oh, engineering, you have to take all of the calculus and all of that. And accounting was you take accounting classes and you go up to, I think it was business calculus and that was it. And I was like, sign me up for that one. Um, and being a 16 year old in my first accounting class, I knew nothing. I had no clue what an asset was, was a, what a liability was. Uh, there were people there way ahead of me in life. And so it was a lot of learning and I really just started to fall in love with it. I worked as an office assistant in, at an accounting firm in high school. And that's where I kind of started to learn more and become a little more ingrained in that. And so now I have two degrees in it and I'm studying for my first CPA exam. So I guess it worked out. If I'm not mistaken, you're part of the business transition from moving from the BEC into the new Collat School of Business building just off university. So 
What was it like being there during that time? Um, I felt very special. A lot of people were jealous of me because the building was so gorgeous. I mean, the classrooms were amazing. I a lot of friends were jealous of me. I had friends that would just come study in there because it was so it was so nice. It was so new, um, and I loved being able to drive by it to walk by it, just coming right into Birmingham. What is your favorite memory of UAB? No, some of my best memories from UAB are the late night study sessions in the library. You know, it's the week before finals and everyone's completely delusional and we're we're putting in the hard work, but that's really how you forged those friendships, you know, the study groups with your friends um, or with people in your class that end up being your friends. You make those connections. That really is where I think think some of my some of my best memories and what I miss the most. You graduated December 2020. Not long after that, you got your master's degree. You're currently working with U.S. Government Accountability Office as a financial advisor. What does that entail and why D.C.? In the beginning of 2020, I visited D.C. for the first time. I, I mean, the last time I had been to D.C. was when I was really, really little. So I didn't remember much of it. And so visiting it again as an adult, I was blown away. It's such a beautiful city. Um, there's so much to do in D.C. It has so much to offer, and I really fell in love with it. So I got an internship up here. I just randomly, out of the blue, applied GAO, had an internship for, for a financial audit intern. And so I just figured, why not apply? Um, and I got it uh, after a, a long interview process. And so I really, really enjoyed my time and decided to come on full-time. So now I'm a, a full-time financial auditor in downtown D.C. auditing government financial statements. Most people would think, oh gosh, that's got to be boring. So what is your day like? Auditing is very fun to me. It's it's digging into the financial statements. It's really seeing where all of these numbers come from. So, you know, it's meetings about, you know, how are we going to, you know, get this evidence or, or um, the, the accounting term is reasonable assurance. So how can we be reasonably assured that this is, this is accurate? This is correct and so it's a lot of kind of that critical thinking of how are we gonna how are we gonna make sure that these financial statements are accurate it's not for everyone a lot of people people hear my job and they would rather hit the snooze button and stay in bed but I really enjoy it where do you want to be down the road here you are just starting your professional career so what do you want to do absolutely you know I the the field of accounting is so broad um, my dream job is to be a forensic accountant. So, you know, digging into financial statements, catching the fraud. Um, it's a very, it's a very interesting field. I took one fraud examination class and at UAB and really, really loved it. But also something that I'm really, really passionate about is financial literacy. And so I've kind of started a personal initiative that I really hope to, to build into a nonprofit. Um, and it's all about putting financial literacy education in schools, advocating for it, because I was lucky, I was lucky enough to have that growing up in my family. Um, but there is no United States mandated personal finance education. Let's talk about Grace Ann's two cents. You're wanting to promote financial literacy across the country. So how do you establish that? And how do you make that initiative grow? Personal finance education is very much state by state. Um, person, D.C. does not have a mandated personal finance education. Some, some states have it as an elective. You can take it. You don't have to take it. Um, states like Virginia, you are required to take it. So it's really taking an assessment of where um, each state is, where each, each school is, um, and really, really advocating for that. 
Right now, where is Grace Ann's two cents? What are you providing and what are you doing? Right now, it's it's all on social media. I've been in contact with some teachers, getting some financial literacy books into classrooms and um, spreading the message, getting people on board. I'm really trying to expand it. I do have a full-time job, so it's kind of uh, in the in the works uh, side hustle at the moment, but I'm hoping to grow it over the, the coming months and years. How do you measure the success of that side hustle? Right now, it's really being a part of the conversation you know financial literacy is getting a little bit more more news and media coverage you know everything affects money and money affects everything um and so it's really important that you know when as people are having more conversations and realizing that it does need to be put that financial education is a huge part of our lives and that's how i would measure the success is the business model for this one-on-one is a social media driven what is the model for this nonprofit? The, the business model will be a lot more of outreach, a lot more talking to schools, organization, departments of education, board of education, because that's where it starts. It starts with the bill to, to mandate personal finance education. And so it's a lot of advocacy, but it's also a lot of grassroots getting into schools, getting into um, educational spaces and really talking about it and get kids asking questions um, and get them, get them asking their Uh, Board of Education, their teachers, their principals about personal finance education. How did UAB help lay the foundation for you to embark on this initiative, as well as your professional career that you've recently started? Absolutely. I mean, my entire career and life is around money. I took my first income tax class at UAB, and I had all of my friends asking me tax questions. Um, I had friends asking me finance questions. And so I realized that my financial education was not the norm. I had so many friends that had no clue how income taxes worked. They had no clue about their student loans. And so it really got me thinking, you know, I was starting to provide advice, financial advice to people who were twice my age. I think UAB really laid the groundwork for that. I mean, I've been to a few seminars at UAB that talked about financial literacy, that talked about, you know, the reality of compound interest and credit cards and things like that. And I do think that it's really important that college students know that, but also I think that they should know that prior to coming to college. So how do you talk to somebody that's twice your age about financial awareness? I mean, it's a really hard conversation to have because you have to, you have to sit there and say, I am in my 30s and my 40s and I don't know anything about money and it's a very very common experience there are so many people that feel that way rather than get into the shame and the blame of oh I I should know this I should know this we need to start making sure that it's a norm that people understand what's happening when they sign their student loans when they sign up for a credit card and things like that looking back now what's one thing at UAB you would change You know, I'm not sure I would change anything. I really loved my years at UAB. I lived on campus. I was involved in athletics and in Greek life, and I was involved in my school of business. Um, I got close with a lot of my professors and a lot of the people in the school of business. Um, You know, if anything, I wish I would have stayed a little bit longer, you know, soaked it all in. You know, UAB is constantly changing. And so um, I've been able to go back a few times and even see the new buildings going up and things like that. So Birmingham's a very, very special place. Are you still dancing today? Every, when I can, I'll, I'll go to my gym and uh, 
to, I'll, I'll dance around in the studio a little bit. I'm not doing anything uh, organized yet, but maybe in the future. And you're still a diehard Blazer fan. Absolutely. I Every time there, there's a football game, I try to tune in if I can. Um, everything about UAB will always will always be in my heart. That's Grace Ann Champion, a two-time graduate of the UAB Collat School of Business. Grace Ann received her bachelor's degree in 2020, followed by her Master of Accounting in 2021. As a one-time member of the UAB Spirit Team, this former Golden Girl definitely has an idea of what it means to be a Blazer. Being a UAB Blazer, I had so much pride, you know, being able to stand there with the, the Blaze head on my chest, with UAB on my chest, you know, I always felt a tremendous amount of pride. I think UAB is constantly pushing the boundary, um, whether it's in the medical field, whether it's in business. And so I think that UAB is is constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. Um, and it's welcoming that. It's welcoming that diversity of thought. So I think that, you know, to be a UAB blazer, I have tremendous pride. And I think that U- UAB is everything. It's It's diversity. It's pushing that boundary. Um, it's really setting setting the world on fire. Be sure to listen into previous episodes of UAB Green and Told. Check out our website at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Have a story to share or know someone we need to get in touch with? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search UAB Alumni. Thanks for listening. And until next time, go Blazers.